0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. Did you know that Wisconsin leads the nation in the production of specialty cheeses, accounting for 47% of the total? To learn more, visit wisconsincheese.com.
2: Food and travel. They go hand in hand. And chances are, if you're a fan of Heritage Radio Network, you love them both. Between April 10th and 24th, we have six incredible food and travel experiences up for auction at charitybuzz.com. Go on an underground food tour of New Orleans with a rocket scientist. Get your hands on VIP passes to feast Portland. Or enjoy a ranch-to-table experience in wine country. Four of the experiences include hotel stays at some of the most iconic properties across the country, including the newly reopened Hotel Claremont in Atlanta. Now's your chance to win the ultimate Bourbon & Beyond weekend in Lexington, or take in a Latin food tour of New York's outer boroughs. You'll eat, drink, explore, and relax, all while supporting Heritage Radio Network. Help us keep the lights on and the mics hot. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash auction and bid now.
3: Hello, and welcome to Cutting the Curd. This is your host, Elena Santigate. Today, we'll be taking a deep dive into the newest certification offered by the American Cheese Society, also known as ACS. The new taste test evaluates cheese professionals' knowledge and skills in the assessment of cheese, from determining cheese condition and quality to evaluating cheese flavor, body, texture, and appearance. TASTE stands for Technical, Aesthetic, Sensory, Tasting Evaluation. This is the second official certification offered by ACS, and the exam application deadline is coming up soon, listeners. It's on April 30th. So the American Cheese Society was founded in 1983 and is the main professional organization for anyone working in specialty cheese in North America. What began as a national grassroots organization for cheese appreciation and home and farm cheesemaking now boasts this mission. ACS provides the cheese community with educational resources and networking opportunities while encouraging the highest standards of cheesemaking focused on safety and sustain- sustainability. I'm very excited to have Nora Weiser, Executive Director of ACS, joining me for our first segment of the show today. Welcome, Nora.
4: Thank you. It's great to be here.
3: So you're calling into the show, which I'm sorry that I can't share a pizza with you, but but I'll have one on your behalf here at Roberta's. Okay, thank you. (laughs) And where are you calling in from?
4: I'm calling in from Denver, Colorado, which is where ACS is based.
3: Great. Awesome. So, Nora, you have been the executive director of ACS since 2010. Is that right? Correct. Okay, so the first certification offered by ACS, the Certified Cheese Professional Exam, launched in 2012. I myself became a CCP that year, so that's dear to my heart. Um, Tell me about how the plans for certification have evolved during your tenure with ACS. Were there always plans to add a second component, for example?
4: Sure. So there had been a a group of very um, active and passionate volunteers working on our certification committee, for years behind the scenes, conducting surveys of the industry, um, surveys of our membership, and looking into what this might be. And it just never really got off the ground. Um, It's Mm -hmm. a very involved undertaking to create a certification as opposed to a certificate. Ah. Um, And so uh, in 2010, when I started, they had discussed having a body of knowledge.
5: Hmm. And
4: so that's kind of an important step for any industry, um, whether or not you move forward with certifications or not. Hmm. is to have a body of knowledge laying out exactly what must be known to succeed in the industry and what people are doing on a daily basis. So we went ahead and did that body of knowledge, and in doing so realized, yes, there is something here, and there is a demand, and there is a need to professionalize what people are doing.
3: Right. So sort of laying the groundwork for the exam, essentially.
4: Exactly. And and it was about eight years of groundwork and a really substantial investment to turn it into what it is today. Right. Um. And it's really been embraced by um, cheese professionals. So it's been, um, you know, it's been wonderful to see that. Now, at the time of developing it, um, we had looked at a tasting or sensory component, mm-hmm. and determined that it made most sense to have kind of the more standard written exam to determine that baseline of, you know, expertise. Let's say, right, and. Evolving from that, we moved forward and said, you know what, now that we have, what, six years under our belt, um, maybe we can figure out how to have this body of knowledge that lays out what people need to know on that sensory side.
5: Hmm.
4: Um, and ACS has long had a judging and competition that right. has an aesthetic and technical judging component. We have recently published a lexicon and glossary for cheeses and dairy products. Mm -hmm. And so in moving towards a more standardized, objective vocabulary, Mm -hmm. we realized that you can assess something um, a little more subjective, like taste and assessment of taste, Uh um, as well as the technical side. So that's kind of where it grew out of, and we just realized we had grown up enough and the industry had that we could put rigor behind it and make it a certification. I think we were hesitant to create something that wasn't to the standards of what we in place for all of our programs and services.
3: Right.
5: So and
4: thus
3: the taste test. Wow. So so was this? Is the lexicon and the glossary essentially sort of a similar groundwork for this sensory exam as similar to how the body of knowledge was sort of the the first step in terms of organizing information.
4: It is, it is. And Mm. the body of knowledge still really organizes that high-level information, Mm -hmm. and then one piece that that data is filled in with is the lexicon and glossary. Mm. So in it, we have defined terms, um, given examples, given um, synonyms for those terms. It includes photos, and it even goes the next step, which is very beneficial for cheesemakers, of showing why a cheese Mm. might have a certain positive attribute, right. or similarly, why there might be a technical flaw.
3: Yeah, that's a huge that's a huge resource. I'm so glad that you mentioned it because I haven't taken a look at it myself, but that's really exciting.
4: It's great weekend reading.
3: <laughs> well, here I go. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and it's funny because that body of knowledge for me has been a huge resource since taking the exam as one of the ways that i prepped for that first CCP exam was to flesh that body of knowledge outline out into what now i think is like an 83 page document
4: yeah <laughs> it has nuts. grown and and there's also a really nice um, kind of rubric that's more visual that lays it out right so i think the tools for um, preparing for that exam and, and it's interesting you say that so many of the CCP say that it's been valuable to have the credential, but that really the studying and the preparation right. was almost more right. important to them because of how much they gained and learned and, and were able to bring to their work.
3: Totally, I'm I'm totally in that in that boat. So um, I mentioned the ACS mission at the top of the show, um, mm-hmm. and while the exams themselves aren't educational, they're not exactly educational resources in of what they are. I certainly felt that my preparation, as you mentioned, was, you know, this super unique chance to formally organize and expand my cheese knowledge. Um, You know, by beyond helping to formalize cheese education and add an element of professionalism by way of accreditation, Mm -hmm. how do you see this certification program and programs impacting the lives of people working or interested in working in cheese in the U S?
4: Sure. Um, Well, it certainly has for those who are um, CCPs, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. going through the process, not just the education, but the networks they've developed Mm. um, have given them more opportunities as they advance in their career. And I, I think one of the things that is quite telling is um, we have a very high rate of people who recertify. Right. Um, about 90% recertify who are huh. eligible. That does. I have um, no. I
3: have no basis for comparison, but that does sound high. It's like it. It is high. seems um, really high.
4: Especially since it tends to be an industry where people might leave the industry. Right. And those people aren't going to recertify. So it mm-hmm. really, I think, shows that it has meaning and value for the people who have pursued it, Mm -hmm. Um, and it certainly has elevated industry standards and professionalism, um, offering kind of a baseline to understand what industry professionals need to know. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we really thought it was going to be focused on cheesemongers and the folks at retail, Um, but we've actually found that about three-quarters of the people who are CCPs are in retail. But the rest include cheesemakers and mm. educators and restaurateurs, distributors. So mm. it's really a, a broader base um, than we had thought it might be. Interesting. Um, one other thing we had not really expected has been that there have been a number of opportunities that have come up that are exclusively for CCP's. Um, The Conte Cheese Association uh, is one example. They offer a scholarship to visit the Jura, and that is exclusively for CCP's. Dream tip. Um, Dream tip.
3: I mean,
5: (laughs) any any CCP out there. And we've been approached by
4: a number of other producers who are interested in kind of developing scholarships and programs to work with those CCP's. That's great. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of exciting. And then um, from retailers who do have CCP's on staff... You know, they've noticed that in their locations where they have a CCP behind the counter versus mm-hmm. those where they don't, they've in some cases seen 25 to 30 percent increases in their sales. Wow, so that's kind of a very huh. direct and tangible outcome.
3: Yeah, do you um, have you done a survey to gather that data from retailers? We have
4: so, we have not done a full survey of that yet. Mm-hmm. We are looking into it, um, but this is what we've heard from some of the um, some of the participants who have multiple locations and there's hmm. you know, multiple store locations.
5: Very interesting. And one thing
4: we've also seen um, is that there are now employers who are specifically asking for that CCP credential in their job postings. Right, um, and like
3: the list and, of requirements. Know, for that
4: reason, CCPs are having a little bit more mobility or maybe moving into higher level positions mm-hmm. um, because of it. You know, we actually just listed one, I think today, in our career center on our website, um, which asked for a CCP credential.
3: Hmm. That's great, um, you know. When as a CCP, I've definitely experienced the benefits of it. Um, although it's sort of there's an asterisk next to my name in in the sense that I'm sort of insanely strategic about stuff, so it's hard to separate uh, that that sort of strategy and ambition from a credential, but I've definitely felt very happy putting it on my resume.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
3: And, you know, one thing that does come up among CCPs and among cheesemongers, especially here in New York, where I think, you know, it's just sort of like an extreme example of what's going on around the country in terms of uh, higher costs of living, higher healthcare costs—you know, just sort of a harder financial life in general. And and I think on re- retail and food service, there's, you know, it hasn't really kept up in terms of wages as much as we'd like. Um, you know, one thing that that certainly comes up in discussions about it are the the investment of both time and money that the exam, uh, you know, commands and, and with any professional certification, you do have that cost. Uh, and I know that they are, are opportunities for scholarships and, uh, ways that other CCPs have sort of gotten the opportunity to go to the, to the conference and take the exam without sort of paying retail price Mm -hmm. on it. And I'm, I'm hoping you could speak a little to those options and also talk a little bit about how you guys at ACS, uh, you know, discuss that and, and talk about the challenges facing some of those folks on the lower rung of the, uh, you know, the wage spectrum in our industry. Oh,
4: absolutely. And, and we know it firsthand as kind of a small business nonprofit, right? um, We're very aware and have that price sensitivity. Um, well, the first thing I would say that we have found interesting is that, you know, the last year we had 153 CCPS who passed the exam, and they were from 58 different companies. Wow! And we now have almost 900 CCPS mm-hmm. in the U.S., Canada, Europe, Australia, Mexico, um, from over 200 different companies. Mm. And this year we have 86 companies represented. So wow! So I, I, you know, that that broadness is nice to see because it means that. Whether people are, you know, at a small independent shop or mm-hmm. if they are supported by a larger retailer, they are finding the value in it, um, and you know that's something that we work hard on is making sure that we get the word out um, and encourage people from all over the industry to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a number of different groups that have started to offer scholarships. There's a cheese study group on Facebook that offers a scholarship, both to take the exam mm-hmm. um, as well as Uh, to support people coming to conference. Is that
3: Marcella's Um, group? It
4: is. Yeah. Marcella's. And then um, we have uh, a number of scholarships offered through the ACE Foundation, which Uh is kind of our charitable foundation. Um, It's a sister organization to ACS, the American Cheese Education Foundation. Mm -hmm. And um, there are scholarships for... Cheesemakers. There are scholarships for retailers, the John Crompton Retailer Scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, there are opportunities for chefs and students. So I would encourage anyone to come to our website, which is cheesesociety.org, um, and look at the scholarships section. Um, we kind of consolidate them all there. Um, and then, you know, as, as we're talking about the economy and markets tightening and, and certainly the ever-changing retail landscape, mm-hmm. um, you know, and who knows where that may be headed. But one of the things I've seen is that it is a big investment of both time and money. And, you know, looking back in the U.S. maybe 50 years ago, people were able to get pretty far and find financial success once they finished high school and got right. their diploma. Right, right. And markets really started changing and industries changed. There was competition and things were tightening and there was outsourcing. And, and suddenly everyone was, you know, going on to college, which is a huge burden of expense and time. And right. and I think that, you know, education and standard setting and all of those things, um, the, the price they come with is mm-hmm. a challenge and a big decision and a big investment in oneself, mm-hmm. um, but really gives people that opportunity to learn and display that competence and is helpful ultimately to professionals in any industry right. um, because it shows that there is skill and knowledge and passion and effort involved um, in, in positions where people might not have seen that in the past. They now see right. the direct value that these people bring. Um, you know, and part of why we are developing the, why we developed the CCP and why we're developing the taste test and we are hoping down the road to add something similar for cheese makers. uh uh-huh. um, Yeah, that's a little <laughs> tidbit for you there. A little, little <laughs> um, preview, but, you know, listeners. Again, long, long effort to do that. Right, right. Um, but part of why we're doing it is to help these people who are so passionate. And we're talking about people who are, you know, in positions where you're right, they're not. They don't have all the certainty that a lot of other industries have. Right. Um, we want them to know that if they're investing in their future and in the field, they have some way to tangibly express that.
5: Because
4: hmm. um, they do, they bring a great deal to the table and the exam allows them to show that and hopefully help them take that next step and advance their career.
3: Yeah, that's really great. It's great to hear how much, um, you know, you have considered this group and, uh, you know, I think you make a really interesting parallel there between sort of the costs and the benefits of, uh, you know, post-high school educational endeavors, basically, and that mm-hmm. thinking of this as something that's sort of, uh, you know, in that camp is is really great, and I appreciate that perspective. Sure. Um, awesome. Well, I can't believe that that flew by, but... We actually have to take our break now. Okay. <laughs> Nora, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Well, um, thank you. Yeah, this was really great. It was just great to, to get some insight there. And I know our listeners are probably all going to cheesesociety.org to check out the details here. And um, once again, listeners, keep an eye out. Um, the application deadline is April 30th. Is that right, Nora? I got that. That is
4: correct. Okay, and good. And whether or not they're taking it, they are welcome to attend our conference in Pittsburgh this summer. So yes.
3: Can't wait to for that. see lots of people there. Yeah, and I'll see you there.
4: <laughs> Excellent. I look forward to it.
3: Okay, great. Thanks again, Nora. Thank you. We'll be back after the break to talk with Bill Stevenson, the chair of the certification committee, about how this whole thing is actually going to work.
0: All you strangers, through the great divide.
1: Today's program was brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. What do you think of when you hear Wisconsin Cheese? For me, I think cheese curds, delicious, fresh and squeaky cheese curds, or deep-fried cheese curds. Cheese curds literally anyway, anytime, any place. I think about Andy Hatch and Uplands Cheese, the farmstead cheese company behind Pleasant Ridge Reserve. I think of delicious Stinky Limburger and its long-storied history. I think of Dunbarton Blue, made by master cheesemaker Chris Raleigh. I think of Ross Grand Cru Circhois, which was named 2016's World Championship Cheese, and Sutari's Black Pepper Bellavitano, the 2017 U.S. Championship Cheese. Wisconsin produces the world's best cheese, with lush grasslands and a glacial water supply that produce the very best milk fourth-generation cheesemakers combine old-world tradition with new ideas and the highest standards to make innovative cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit wisconsincheese.com.
3: Welcome back to Cutting the Curd, broadcasting live on the Heritage Radio Network. Today, we're learning about the American Cheese Society's new sensory evaluation certification exam, the TASTE test. On this second half of the episode, I'm delighted to welcome Bill Stevenson to the show. Hey, Bill. Are you there? I'm here. Oh, great. Thanks for calling in, Bill. Where, and where are you calling from? We just got off the phone with Nora in Colorado.
6: I'm calling in from Portland, Oregon. Oh, Rainy and wet and windy Portland, Oregon. A
3: city so close to my heart, though. I love it out there. Well, thanks for for calling in. Um, So Bill is the chair of the ACS Certification Committee and director of cheese training at DPI Specialty Foods. Bill, in the first half of today's show, we heard from Nora on how the certification exams fit into the work of ACS on a broader level. I'm excited to get into more of the specifics with you. So my first burning question as a total operations Mm. geek (laughs) is how is the exam going to physically work? Can you walk us through it a little bit?
6: Yeah. Um, So we're very excited to, uh, you know, hopefully uh, give people who come to take the exam uh, an experience that is very straightforward. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of, we hope, more or less exactly what you would expect to find in, in terms of a uh, a, a kind of a taste, the kind of the taste test that we're putting on. So, it's, we like to think of this as being sort of simple in theory um, to make <laughs> it very straightforward for the candidate. It's your uh-huh. palate against the cheese, kind of. Right. But um, for us operationally, um, we have you know put a lot into it. So it's sort of complicated in its execution. So, you know, you'll you'll walk into a room um, using you, the, the the grand you here. Mm-hmm. We'll walk into a room where there will be. Um, seats for you to sit in, much like, uh, you know, at your own sort of table, much like it would have been for the CCP exam, mm-hmm. uh, where you'll find, um, you know, uh, some paper and pencil waiting for you and uh, okay. some cups uh, also containing um, spiked samples uh, that you'll have to evaluate during the exam. Those will be waiting for you at your table. And in one part of the room, there will be a bunch of cheeses that will also be awaiting for you, so not at the table. Okay. And you will be tasked with um, having to, over the course of the three hours allotted, evaluate a total of 12 cheeses. Mm -hmm. And um, the cheeses um, that we've selected, um, you know, seven of them will have basically, they should just be. You know cheeses that are more or less in in good shape. You know not necessarily your blue ribbon winner, but a, a good cheese. Right. And then and five of them that will have some sort of uh, a relatively significant flaw per style. Hmm. Um, and so, but your task is still the same. You're still tasked with having to sort of evaluate them from top to bottom, in the same way that a judge would for the judging competition.
5: Interesting. Um, which I
6: know is not something that people have a lot of eyes on right. necessarily. But the way that that would work for judging and competition at the American Cheese Society, cheese society, is that a, a team of two,
5: mm-hmm.
6: a technical and an aesthetic judge, would evaluate you know a individual cheese, giving it kind of a technical and an aesthetic evaluation each. And right. so this candidate is going to have to just basically do the job of both.
3: Interesting. And did or, you have the did anyone from the judging uh, committee kind of help design the way this taste taste test exam is going to go? Since there, it does sound like there's a big overlap there.
6: We were very, um, yeah, we were very um, desirous of having their <laughs> input from judging and competition. Absolutely. Right. So we sought collaboration from right. members of judging and competition so that they had kind of a full awareness of what we were trying to do so that we could draw from them and their experiences in terms of, for instance, um, you know, how they would best advise us to, um, you know, present the cheese Mm. to the individual candidates relative to how it gets done in judging and competition. Because you can imagine over the years as they've been doing that, they've developed some some very good processes Makes sense. for uh, how, how to go about that. So we are trying as much as possible to mimic mm-hmm. those good processes for the taste test.
3: That's great. And so how many people are you expecting or hoping to have in that room taking this test?
6: We, we have um, targeted a modest number mm-hmm. for, for the first year. Um, so we have a small capacity um, 50 seats available mm-hmm. um, for the first taste test, um, and it, it, it's just it's just it's largely um, to do with sort of you know getting the cheeses together uh, mm-hmm. the way that we had devised uh, the, the way in which we were going to get the cheeses together. Um, you know, we wanted to make sure that we would have enough for everybody, um, and it has to really be a capped number because of The logistics of getting the cheese in advance. You you don't necessarily have a great deal excess in order to, you know, that you can just sort of add a bunch more people at the last minute. So it's really, it's a sort of a hard 50 for the first year.
3: Got it. That's great. Um, So, you know, it's interesting when we were, when I was chatting with Nora in the first half of the show, we were talking about how the expectation for the CCP exam was originally that it would be majority... retailers, cheesemongers taking it. Um and this one seems I've been thinking myself, like who's gonna take this test? Who's in that room? And it, it seems a little more up in the air to me. Do you have an expectation mm. of of where from the industry uh the test takers will come?
6: I you know, I I've I definitely anecdotally yeah. heard more interest in this uh test of mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the CCP exam, from right. cheesemakers and ah. and and with you know specifically for their staff, you know people would say, oh, you know I, I'd really like to put my staff,
5: right, um, you know, right. through
6: this in in order to really kind of get them all on the same page and and get them certified. So I'm hearing more interest from that um, sort of subset of the membership of the American Cheese Society mm-hmm. uh, than for the CCP exam. But yeah, it really is like the CCP exam. It is just for. Cheese professionals. And I I know people like to um, kind of refer to mongers a lot when we're talking about the CCP exam. They make up a huge quotient of cheese professionals out there. So naturally, you're going to have a lot of mongers. But both the CCP exam and the taste test are for what we would just generally call. Cheese professionals.
3: Right. Yeah. And I could see, I could definitely see um, cheesemakers and just producers sending. I like the idea of sending staff, you know, maybe uh, you send members of your grading team to go take the taste test. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems like it would be a really interesting, focused experience for people who maybe aren't even cheesemakers, but are part of, you know, a, a larger grading team that help with that element. Um, in the process and then also i was thinking maybe uh you know there's i i feel like the ccp has really helped launch a sort of subset of more and more cheese educator sort of folk and and like with blogs and social media there's there's more people who seem to be sort of focused on promoting and profiling cheese and i wonder if Mm -hmm. if that also i'm curious how many of those folks are into it too
6: and I, I am too maybe, maybe am too. we'll maybe
3: will we we'll, see a
6: little more organic growth right. in education around this
3: case uh, mm-hmm.
6: test the way that happened with CCP
3: right so interesting so um, changing gears a little bit to to focus on you a little more since I don't I don't know you bill oh. <laughs> I know that in the past you have worked as a cheese buyer and also as a brewer which sounds really fun. Um, yeah. so as director of cheese training at DPI and chair of the certification committee, I'm wondering, um, you know, speaking of cheese educators, have you been an educator in other roles or is this, is this, um, you know, is this something you've gravitated toward over time or have you taught in other contexts as well?
6: I, you know, in terms of the very specific putting, you know, uh, sort of, a. a program together where you're going to kind of teach to what's in the slides or on paper right this is you know at dpi this is sort of the first time that i've that i've done that but mm-hmm. it it definitely goes back to you know the brewing days even where um and i'm sure it's still the way in a lot of breweries but you know when i got into brewing in the 90s it was still so novel Mm. that everybody wanted to do tours. And so, um, you know, I got very um, adept at um, just kind of, trying to explain technical concepts right. to people that just had a passing interest in what right. you were doing. And right. Like uh,
3: not, not be too wonky yeah, about so it, but, but satisfy. Exactly.
6: That's always the challenge. Right. <laughs> Knowing your audience, I would say is, is, is it's definitely always the challenge. Yeah. We could get pretty but wonky. Yeah, I really on enjoy it. I enjoy like it uh, quite a lot. So, That's great. um, yeah, I'm thrilled to be able to, to do that for DPI.
3: Very neat. So, um, Thinking about uh, you know our our budding test takers here, and I'm really appealing to listeners who might be on the fence or who may not have even heard about the test, but are hearing about it for the first time now. Which I'm really excited to be giving people enough time to get their applications in before the deadline. Um, you know, what advice would you give to any listeners who are um, who who have already signed up or who are thinking about it, kind of contemplating it? Um, do you have any study tips you think would be helpful, uh, without giving anything away, of course, but, but how would you say would be the best way to prepare?
6: Well, and there are some, uh, exam prep tips, um, taste test prep tips, I should say Mm -hmm. on the ACS website that the certification committee, uh, put together with our sort of best guess for um, how people should go about preparing. Oh, and that's So I great. want to make, definitely make sure to point people there. Okay, great. And I also want to add that for the people that have already signed up and for those that are thinking about it and sitting on the fence, um, we will also um, host a webinar for the candidates after the application period has closed. Oh, great. Where we'll go through some of this stuff in greater detail. And, and one of the interesting things about this test is that I'm not really in danger of giving anything away because right. <laughs> um, it really is you against the cheese, right? Right. Um, right. So uh, one of the one of the things that we just you know made a call on not too long ago was the the score sheets that we'll be using and, and the attributes that will be on the score sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, we we'll, we will release those to the candidates in advance so that they have a sense of what the score sheets look like so that there's no kind of learning curve of the day of mm-hmm. in, in terms of how the scoring goes on right. the score sheets themselves and also the attributes that will be on those sheets. I know, Nora, and you were talking about the, uh, the lexicon and glossary. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's largely drawing from there, but right. um, as that's still, you know, in, they, they have done a lot to produce a, a great document already. So I don't want to suggest it's truly a work in progress, but they will continue to build on right, what's sort the of, work that they've done. Sort of a living, so a living
3: document. Mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there are attributes that, that will be on our score sheets that aren't necessarily necessarily in the glossary and lexicon. So we will we, we'll release all that um, so that people will be able to, to better prepare for the test. And we encourage people, obviously, to taste Taste, taste, taste.
5: <laughs> right. and to, oh. to
6: use those score sheets to get together right. with other candidates to get together with friends who are interested in tasting cheese and taste thoughtfully hmm. uh, the the products that you're tasting because that that's kind of what this is all about. Like we all are doing this every day. Right. You know the eligibility criteria for this is is the same as the CCP exam. It's two years working directly with cheese in the last six, and I would argue that. Anybody who meets that eligibility criteria is doing this sort of, quote-unquote, sensory evaluation of cheese and talking to people about it uh, on a daily basis. Um, So this is just pushing you to do it a little more thoughtfully. Hmm.
3: That's really great. Well, it sounds like there are some awesome support materials at cheesesociety.org. And listeners, if you aren't already uh, curious or inspired, just do it. Just go look it up. Or even if you decide not to take the test this year, maybe uh, get your feet wet with some of those, um, you know, test prep materials. It sounds like there's a lot of great stuff there. So this is really exciting, Bill. I also want to say, you know, it's it's so tricky and challenging and scary to launch anything <laughs> mm. so kudos to you and the entire certification committee the whole team for you know bringing a new element into the world of uh, ACS certifications here it's really
6: exciting yeah it, it's a, it's a fun challenge but uh, fortunately it's a great. Team, the certification mm-hmm. committee and supported by a really great organization. So good. it's a lot of fun.
3: Good. So we'll have to, uh, I'll, I'll buy you a drink in Pittsburgh for sure. <laughs> You're on. Okay. Sounds great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Bill. That really flew by. My pleasure. Okay. Have, it's have good. fun out West. Good luck with the rain. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Listeners. Thank you for listening. I'm Elena Santagade and we'll be back next week with more cutting the curd. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. I I've been
4: so blue. Oh, I'm I'm each night for someone exactly like you.